0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Relate Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Sunstead, and I'm glad you guys have joined us for this episode. So in this season, we're talking about the sadness that comes after change, transition, or even cancellations like we've experienced lately in the pandemic. In our last episode, we gave you the secret punchline that it's actually grief that we experience when these smaller losses are adding up. We talked about how important it is to name it as grief so that we can feel it as grief and begin to give it space to heal. So today we continue that conversation by getting curious about some of the ways we minimize our feelings of grief in order to keep them small enough for us to ignore. Okay, friends, I've got Benny and Lee joining us again for this episode. Hi, friends. Hey, hey.
1: Hey, Casey. Hey, Benny.
0: Thanks for joining us again today. So one of the themes that emerged from our conversation last week was considering the should of our feelings. Sometimes when we have feelings, one of the first thoughts that pops up is, oh, I shouldn't feel that way, right? So we talked about the should that comes with our feelings. We'll often feel something and then reject it with our should. So I was even thinking about the should that can pop up in our heart or our spirit when we're grieving something that's passing even when it's a good thing that's happening. Lee you talked about how you were grieving when your kids went to college which is a good thing that you always planned for and hoped for, but then the sadness that's left with you. And a classic Casey and Matt story is a time where we were grieving as we drove to the hospital to give birth to our first child. I remember feeling um that should creep up because this is something we'd always wanted we were gonna we were about to become parents and we were so excited but as we drove there for this huge thing wonderful beautiful thing to happen we were reflecting on like we just left behind our our life that we know and that we're used to and we got kind of sad we were like bye bye life (laughs) goodbye sleep (laughs) goodbye money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were we were sad to think about the things that were going to change and and also happy but um i think that should creep in because wait no this is this is a good thing but there were so many things we had to say goodbye to as well yeah does that ever happen to you guys do you ever feel like even when like amazing or joyous or or planned Um, transitions are happening, we're still left with that a little bit of sadness because um, of what we have to say goodbye to.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, culturally speaking, many times in in the Black family culture, um, you know, relatives come and they live with you, like if, like you're going to school, and so you come and you move in with another relative, or you go live with another family member, just to sort of be closer to whatever's happening in your life, and yes. uh, similar to your story, Casey, you know, our, uh, my nephew came and lived with us and it was exciting. I mean, uh, you, you guys know, I talk about how he has just a big old pumpkin head. And <laughs> it's so cute. And just, but I love him. That is a grown man and I'm calling him a, a pumpkin head, but uh, and I'm
0: here for it. I laugh every yeah. time. I
2: do. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just remember, you know, when he, when he was coming to live with us, it was exciting and we were excited about what the future held and, you know, the next step in this life. But we began to feel some grief. Like my wife and I are losing the freedom that we have, you know, our house that we could do whatever we want, whenever we wanted to that. now It's like, no, there's another person living with us who we need to be mindful of and be conscious of when we go out of town, you know, just that grief that came and we had to actually sit in it. But also, celebrate the beauty that he was coming to live with us, so very you know similar to your story, the the pain and the grief are the joy and the grief,
0: yeah, and I think sometimes when I listen to you and Abby sitting there like, "Oh, this is going to change things, it, letting yourself feel that sadness or pay attention to it can sometimes feel like we 're not happy about what 's happening, yeah. and of course you were, of course, I was. Yeah. And so we tend to shove it away or deny it instead of like, yeah, make room for this sadness that comes with that tiny thing we had to say goodbye to not tiny, but like, that's not what, why we made this decision. We're with the decision, but there's still going to be some, some sadness that we can call grief about the things that we're losing or changing. Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah. Lee, is there a story that pops to mind when we talk about this for you or several years ago, um, I was
1: working from home, had a business in home, and had intentionally made that decision and loved what I did. Uh, But I mostly wanted to work from home so that I could be at home when my kids were coming and going from school, just kind of have that parental presence for my kids as they were coming and going. But as my kids were transitioning out of the house and heading off to college, I knew that the time for working from home was coming to an end. And so I started looking for something outside the home. I'm an extrovert, and so I wanted to be with people and with yeah. other adults conversing. And so, um, yeah, I switched and went to a different job, my current role that I absolutely love. But there were things that I was leaving behind in the work from home scenario that I knew that I was going to miss and was sad about that. And even my kids named it. My kids came to me and they're like, "Mom." aren't you going to miss, you know, um, being at home and all the things that came with it? And I was like, yeah, and I was, but I was yeah. so excited about where I was going. So I, it was the both end. I was sad about what I was leaving, but I was excited about
0: where I was going. So yeah, uh, it was one of those both end moments. Yeah. And like we said, like, just because you are going to miss the things from home doesn't mean you're not excited. You can, you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So as I've been thinking about this concept of the shoulds of our feelings, and maybe when a good thing happens, we feel some shame about feeling sad about the things that are changing. I've been noticing that there's something that I do really quickly, and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners do too. We can move straight from sharing about our feelings to comparing them to maybe the way other people are feeling or the way that other people are experiencing. And I think it's almost as if I'm afraid that someone else is going to minimize my problem or my feelings. And so I cut them off and I do it first. Like, here's a good example from recently. I am sad that my eighth grader didn't get to end his middle school years the way that I imagined he would, right? With all the The um, recognition night and the eighth grade dance, none of that stuff happened. And so I feel sad about that. But it's just eighth grade. It's not high school. And it's not like, oh, I'm reading these stories about these college students who have to say goodbye to their whole college experience when they didn't even realize they were needing to. And so as soon as I, if I'm sharing with a friend, as soon as I talk about how I'm sad about the eighth grade situation we're in. I go, Oh, but I, I mean, I know it's not high school and I know it's not those, those poor college kids. Um, I go straight from sharing to comparing my story and minimizing what I'm feeling. Do you guys do this or see this in in the way that other people share with you? Yes. This is a
1: tendency that I actually learned from my amazing mom. Uh, I remember coming home from school and complaining about a kid that was being mean to me. And I was so sad about it. I was telling myself stories about why this kid would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom invited me to consider that maybe the child was treated poorly at home. And that might be why they were behaving the way they were behaving. Um, so my mom was really good at reminding us to be mindful of other people's stories. And I'm thankful for that skill, but I'm realizing that it wasn't super helpful to move quickly from, I'm sad about what happened to, and moving from that to, but their sadness is much bigger, more important, more heavy, more whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And I would compare it to mine. And when I do that, I was realizing that I was choosing to compare my heart space to that of others, and it didn't allow me to feel the sadness that I needed to feel about my own experience and just move to, oh, but their experience, they experience that all day, every day. So me, you know, being bullied once (laughs) isn't as bad as them leaving their house every morning feeling the way I felt in that moment. So it's just recognizing somebody else's heart space, but moving too quickly past mine didn't allow me to feel
0: my sadness. Yes, Lee, that's, I do that too. And my amazing counselor has called me out on it. She says, I have a tendency to intellectualize, to understand the why of what happened to, and I love that about your mom. She's showing compassion for the person who's doing the hurt. That's a beautiful way to approach it. But Lee, little Lee was sad and we don't want to skip over that fact. And, um, and do what I do, which is like explain it away or understand it so that it makes it okay. Like it can still
2: be okay and I can still feel sad. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking about, you know, with this question, I was thinking about growing up and just a uh, real quick short story. Like, uh, you know, we we grew up um, on the South side of Chicago, which I love, man. I'm proud to be from the South side of Chicago, but you know, there were some challenges in, in our growing up, you know, grew, grew, up, grew up with a single mom who, you know, worked hard, but uh, there were some challenges that we had growing up. And I remember, you know, it wasn't until I got older that I started to realize how quickly I minimized my experiences, my pain, my grief, until Casey, similar to you, I was sitting in counseling. And my counselor, I was I was saying, Yeah, you know, talking about some of the hardships that we went through, you know, being a, a black male in, in Chicago on the South Side and uh socioeconomic uh, economic differences. And I was like, But you know, there's some kids there that had it way worse than me. And so, you know, I'm grateful. Thank God, you know, thank God. And and I remember him calling me out of like, Why are you putting a spiritual band-aid over your pain and your grief? Why are you minimizing your grief your pain what you experience uh by comparing it to other kids that 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 are true like they they've had hard experience but that doesn't mean that you haven't had hard experiences and so stop that let's live, let's be there it's okay to be there and so as you as you mentioned that I'm like man that is so true of what I did and now I'm able to actually see other people when they do it and say no it's okay like your pain is your pain. You don't have to dismiss it or compare it. Your pain is your pain. Let's let's just be there together.
0: Mm. I love too, Benny, that you call it a spiritual band-aid.
2: Yeah.
0: Because I think maybe that's why we're all experiencing this. Is it's like not the Christian thing to do to allow yourself to what is it like? Feel sorry for yeah. yourself?
2: Yeah. I think it's uh, allowing ourselves to actually feel the pain and the heartache that we go through. It's almost like We're not believing in a good God. Um, You know, I always say, uh, you know, God's fundamental demeanor towards us is goodness. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost like, well, if I feel this sadness, if I feel this grief over something, then maybe I'm not being grateful for what God has done. And I'm like, that is... I think that's incorrect theology. You yes. can, you can, it's a both and. And I love Lee had said that earlier. And, and this is so, so true even as we talk. It's a both and. God is good. And that never changes. And this is really hard and terrible. And I am experiencing grief. So we don't need to put a spiritual band-aid and miss the fullness of God.
0: And God wouldn't want us to do that either, right? God wants to know our whole selves, and he wouldn't want us to deny some things we're feeling to show up with him a different way than what we are. Mm,
2: You better preach, Casey. That is so true. Yeah, so true.
0: (laughs) We
1: think that the feeling of sadness can't cohabitate with a grateful heart, Yeah, right? Mm. It's really not that. It's not one or the other. Both can be true. It doesn't mean that we're an ungrateful Christian because we're not recognizing the blessings in our lives. We can recognize the blessings and we can be great or we can be sad about what's sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know one one scripture that comes to mind, it's it's actually a chapter. It's uh the the 13th chapter of Psalms where the you know the the uh the king, da- king David is he starts off that, that Psalms by God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Where are you at? And at the end of that he's but God, I'll trust you. I'm, I'm grateful. I thank you for who you are. And mm-hmm. and from that Psalms, you know, we're here at Willow. Actually, our our worship team created a song called "Where Are You Now?" Uh, Where are you, God? Um, based on that Psalms of there is a dual narrative. There's there's the both and. There's the the grief and the pain of what we're experiencing, and the grateful heart of who God is. He hasn't ceased to be who he is. So sorry, y'all, y'all will get me going. I'll start preaching. Let me, Casey, do this. Go take it back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, you say that you get, you get going and then you apologize. And I'm like, do not apologize. Benny. Apologize. <laughs> He's bringing the Benny. I love it. Yep. No, but it, that's actually really helpful for me to think about it. In, uh, um we are missing the heart of God or we are um, editing ourselves in front of him. And that is not That's really helpful for me to think through. So you are not allowed to apologize. Thanks for bringing it. (laughs) Always please. Yeah. I was also thinking about, okay, so we're talking about this, like we, um, it's the should of our feelings. Another reason why I think this happens, you guys, is some of what I I touched on before is like, we're afraid that other people are going to do it before we do it because I don't know if it's always felt this way or if social media has ramped it up, but I feel like we live in such a judgy society. People are, you're going to share and people are going to pounce on something you said that was wrong or correct you or, or bring a story about how someone's got it harder than you. And um, do you guys feel that we live in such a judgy society? Do you think yeah, that has something to do with it? Totally.
1: I think we're, we often want to show up the way that we think we're supposed to mm. rather than showing up the way that we really feel. Uh, because for some reason we believe that there's only enough room for sadness around the big things, uh, mm-hmm. rather than what's going on in our own corner of the world. So it's it's the should of our feelings um, that leads us to shame or judgment or whatever we're
0: bringing that minimizes those feelings. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about how painful it is and how it can help our grief stick around longer when somebody um, denies our reality. If you bring your truth and somebody says, no, 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 that's not how you should feel or that's not how it is, that's not going to help us name it as grief and let it heal, right? Exactly, exactly. We feel like we have to, our feelings have to be warranted. And in this comparison, um, we go from sharing about our experience, our feelings, to straight to comparison. I was noticing there's two ways that um, we do that. We might jump into the comparison, like I was saying, so that we lose the comparison, right? Like, well, my eighth grader, but then there's the high schoolers and the college students. We compare so that we lose, right? And we minimize. Right. But there's also some people I think who go straight from sharing their feelings to, to um, comparing so that they win. Mm, yeah. To so like blow it up. <laughs> that is so true and that is so frustrating. <laughs> mm, mm when you share a story and then you got that person right there who's going to one-up you
1: (laughs) what happened to my story or my sadness or my feelings or it's like oh they're gone because that's bigger
0: more important yeah yeah and that's another way of of um and so often it's not intended but it's another way of somebody denying our reality our feelings and saying like yeah there's the should there it is shouldn't yeah
1: shouldn't,
0: yeah. So I started getting curious about this knee-jerk reaction to compare and wondered if it's all bad. I spent so much time, like, ruminating about this comparing versus gaining some perspective, and it actually started from a conversation um, that I was having with Lee in the middle of um, when everything was changing so quickly with the pandemic. Um, Lee had shared, Lee, you shared with me how you were um, – being really helped by getting some perspective, and for me that was like a um, a catch in my spirit because I had been so much doing so much thought about this sharing, moving straight to comparing to minimize my feelings thing. Right, so I'm like, wait, is there a difference between comparing to minimize and gaining perspective? Is sometimes it helpful to compare so that we can gain some good perspective, or do we think those are two different things?
1: I absolutely think they're two different things. Comparison is a measuring tool. And that will more often lead us to minimizing our feelings. And we tell ourselves that if their pain is bigger, then my small pain doesn't matter. If we think our sadness doesn't matter, we'll avoid feeling it. And we want to sadness so we can fully feel the other emotions that are waiting on the other side of that sadness we talked about that in our last episode that we can't choose which feelings we're going to feel if we try to mute it, mute it we're going to turn them all down mm-hmm. so we want to get to the place where we can feel freedom and relief and joy and comparison doesn't help us get there it helps it it leads us to minimizing yep. um, on the other hand perspective can be helpful because through it we learn to be sensitive. To the stories of others, like my mom taught me, she was so good at teaching us that. This is empathy, right? This is what we talk about in the Christian circle or in, in the world, uh, how important empathy is, and that's good, but it's important to be mindful of the importance of being kind to ourselves too, so we can be empathetic and we can be kind to ourselves and, and name our feelings. So we have to enjoy, avoid judging our own feelings uh, because that leads to shame. And shame's not helpful when it comes to naming and navigating our grief. We have to allow it to bubble up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Lee, that is so good. The, this idea of, of comparison and perspective. You know, I, I, I've heard you say before, you know, when we uh, have perspective or when we avoid the comparison, avoid uh, this idea of minimizing our emotions and actually feel our emotion, it helps us get to the other side, as you just said. You know what's on the other side—the relief, the joy, the freedom. I've heard you say this. It's the ability to be fully present with others. When we don't minimize our feelings, it actually gives us the opportunity to be fully present with others. Uh, and if we don't, if we don't uh, be, uh, feel our feelings and and actually be fully present, those feelings will fester, and it'll steal the joy from the happier times that we were meant to enjoy. So it's important to actually not compare ours, but to feel them, to walk through them, which allows us to be with others and be in their stories. That's so good.
0: Yeah. And Betty, even as you said that, it made me think about when you say being fully present with others, yeah. um, we're doing so much talking about paying attention to our own feelings and making sure you're bringing your whole self. But if we're editing our feelings, people are going to notice that and they're going to go, Oh, oh, we're not allowed to bring our whole selves, yes, right?
2: Yes, And the opposite
0: is true too. If we bring our whole selves, that's an invitation for other people to join us and say like, we're okay, so this is a place where we're allowed to bring our feelings.
2: Yeah, like I can always show up so, my whole self. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Shows up and brings their full vulnerability. I notice this in myself so much. When somebody shows up and they share their deepest, darkest, hardest, then I feel free and welcome to show up similarly. I feel like, hey, sh- they're going to get me. They're not going to judge me. It removes the judgment piece that I put on myself.
2: What's interesting, uh, you know, Lee and I, we all work together, uh, but Lee and I uh, work really closely because she's, she's actually my manager. And what what I have noticed, even in a work environment, even in a work environment, Lee always invites me to show up my full self, whatever I'm feeling, if I'm frustrated, if I'm angry. It's like, no, don't minimize of, oh no, we, we, we did good, this, this was great. It's like, no, that's great, but what else are you feeling? Like there's an invitation there. Hmm. And so it is a freedom now to always show up as my full self. Um, and so, yeah, as she's dropping wisdom, and she's dropping, you know, lies, I'm like, man, this is so true, because I experienced it personally. <laughs> yeah,
1: so responsible and he wants to get to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> work. Let's work. <laughs> oh, that's so good. You guys are painting such a beautiful picture of what happens in ourselves when we're allowed to show up and what happens in our relationships when we're allowed to show up with our, all our feelings and we pay attention to the should. So we're talking about the difference between comparing. And perspective.
2: Yeah, you know, Lee would always mention um, you. Casey, you talked about uh, perspective, and I remember Lee would mention how when everything happened with COVID, uh, and how the world was changing, life was changing. We were all collectively sort of grieving together. How she would have conversations uh, with nurses and doctors about what was happening. the hospitals and it was like it's a perspective it helps give me a perspective of what's happening with other people's lives and you know that encouraged me and challenged me you know least dropping wisdom and and knowledge and i began to sort of think about what's my perspective and and where am i finding perspective i began Mm -hmm. to say am i actually looking at scripture for perspective am i looking to god to see actually what he has to say about things and i remember you know, Megan Marshman, one of uh, our teaching pastors here at Willow, she, she had made a statement in a sermon uh, a few weeks back that if you only remember the problems, uh, you'll, you'll not only find them, but you'll magnify them. Like you'll, you, will, you will see them and they will become big. But she was mm-hmm. saying, remember, but by remembering God's promise, uh, promises, that gives us new perspectives on the problems. Like remembering what God has to say, remembering who he is gives us new perspective. And as I was thinking about this, you know, I started to sort of look in scripture of God, what, 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 what do you have to say in scripture? But there was one story. It's in the it's in the Old Testament. You know, many mm-hmm. times we don't spend a lot of times in the Old Testament but It was in the Old Testament in in Second Kings, chapter six. And it was the prophet Elisha, uh, And he was faced with an army that was coming against them to attack him, attack him. And he had, you know, uh, a servant who was with him. And uh, I remember the, the, in the story, the servant comes back to Elijah like, hey, the whole army is out there. And Elijah responds to him, there's more that's with us than, than be with them. There's more, God is on our side. There's more on our side than is on the army side. And Elijah prayed this prayer for his servant that his eyes would be open. And when he did, the servant saw that there was a whole host of armies all around him that they didn't have anything to worry about. Like, It was the perspective. It was seeing God's perspective. It was seeing that God was with us and in in it with them and for us. And so sometimes I think uh, when we're looking at our problems, when we're looking at the grief, when we're looking at the pain that's happening around us, don't dismiss it. But in that process, actually look at what God has to say and gain his perspective, what he has promised. And I think that helps us. So, uh, you know, just think about scripture. That's what I would add to that.
0: You just opened my eyes. That was good stuff.
2: Yeah, Benny, it's so good too for me to think
0: like um, <laughs> you're not you're not inviting me to compare my problems to the problems in biblical times because that would <laughs> help me to, to do that minimizing thing. But you're saying um, consider perspective with God's promises. Yeah. That's yeah. so helpful. Thank you. Okay, so I think. If our listeners are tracking with us, at least the journey I've been on in this conversation, I think they're realizing um, it, we're, we're ready to go. We're, we're realizing that comparison isn't helping us, but maybe perspective does, and that we want to name our grief so that we can heal from it. So, Lee, give us some marching orders. It's like, what do we do? We have all these sneaky way to minimize our loss. So we don't have to name it as grief, but now we're ready. We're smarter than that. If we want to give it proper space, what would you suggest for us?
1: Oh, we've talked about so many good things today. Um, so thanks for guiding us through this conversation, Casey. I think we started with reminding ourselves not to judge our own feelings. We're not going to should ourselves. Yeah. We're going to, uh, give ourselves grace, and not judge our sadness. So that's the first thing that we have to remember is that we're not going to be judgy <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we come across our sad feelings. Um, we're also um, wanting to be welcoming to our feelings, whatever they are. Give them room and space so that we can navigate our grief and get to the other side of it and experience the fullness and allow ourselves um, the opportunity to get to the place where we can be more present because we've dealt with our own emotions before we get there. So another thing that we want to remember is that if we find ourselves feeling shame or causing others to feel shame because we're comparing and we may not realize we're doing it, but we do it sometimes. um, Then we just need to revisit those thoughts about what, where the shame is coming from and then reframe them so that we have a, a real view of what we're experiencing and what our feelings are and what other feelings are and leaving space for all of them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the last thing is just to use perspective so that we can find God's fingerprints. Remember, we talked about the fact that perspective perspective is actually helpful, um, that we can get a bigger framework but there is plenty of room for feeling grateful Mm -hmm. and also allowing the sadness to happen. Yeah, the sadness isn't canceling that
0: out. It's such a good reminder. Okay, well, that's so helpful. Um, I'm thankful, Lee, for you kind of packing it up for us to remember as we close um, some really helpful ways that we can engage with our feelings, whatever they are. So you guys, thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. Thank you, Casey.
2: Thanks, Casey.
0: On each episode of the Relate Podcast, we leave you with some questions that help you consider your experience and your take on the conversation. And it should come as no surprise that on a podcast about relationships, we think these reflections will be even more helpful if you can share them with someone else in your life. So grab a friend, go for coffee, discuss them with your small group to gain even more insight and understanding about how you relate. So I'll read each question and give you a moment to consider it. Question one. Have you ever noticed yourself jumping from sharing to comparing when it comes to your sad feelings? Do you tend to be someone who compares to validate or magnify your feelings? Or do you tend to compare as a way to push them away? Question two. In this conversation, we were invited not to judge our feelings, but to welcome them. What do you think that looks like for you? What self-talk do you need to keep tabs on to stop the should of your feelings? Question three, how do you think perspective helps us in our sadness? How can it be unhelpful at times? And question four, as you consider your specific grief, how does what God has to say about it differ from what a worldly perspective might look like? What promises has God made that will help you process your sadness? Grief might not be everyone's favorite topic for conversation, but I bet healing is. Our hope is as we get curious about our grief, that we find healing and freedom. I hope this conversation is getting us started exactly on that path. We have some resources linked in the show notes if you would like to process further and learn more. Join us next week as we take a look at where God is in our grief and how we can learn more about how we relate to ourselves and God when we welcome our grief. Join us.